Hello, everybody. Joby Oakland Radio is airing again, and we are going to be doing another album uh, uh, issue of the uh, of the podcast. We've had another, another album on the podcast um, before, and uh, right now at this time with me, and I'm very happy to have him, is Rose de Boos from Joby Jugend Outrum, Outrum, if I'm getting this right, or my Austrian Jugend that I've not on my Jugend, but one Jugend in, in, in my uh, home country of Austria, Tube Jugend Gus, which he wanted yeah. to represent on that podcast. So hello. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello, Shabasta. Nice hearing from you again after so long, especially yes, for the whole before, I don't know how many wanna... years, seven, eight years since you were on the podcast the last time. Probably. We, we were sitting in the streets of Hamburg. I remember that. Yeah. You were you were giving oh. an insight into, into Jugends in Asia. I remember that. So we That's are right. going to be talking about sexual harassment this time and uh, the Turbo um, Negro album that came out in 2012. It's their ninth studio album and it was kind of successful if you look at the charts. Oh, obviously in Norway, Turbo Negro seems that everything turns to gold. They were number one and in Germany, uh, yeah. Maybe not so much. They were on, on number 46 for a week uh, in the album charts. Um, so that's cool, but uh, obviously not uh, not reaching the, the, the milestones of their album. But um, maybe let me know why you chose to talk about especially this album of, uh, of, of Turbo Negro. Well... Uh, for starters, this was the first Turbo Negro album with Tony Sylvester on board as the new lead singer of the band. Mm -hmm. And this also comes after a sh short hiatus from the band because if you remember after Retox, they were saying that, oh, we're going on hiatus and no one really knew what was going to happen with Turbo Negro. Hank Joy, you know, um, was it Dr. Mercy and the Midnight Cult, his own like, spin-off band? Yes, it was yeah. uh, Hank's spin-off back then, yes. And I think Chris Summers also left the band. So it was a little like, you know, up in arms, a little bit in the dark. And the next thing you know, they have Tony Sylvester coming in. They have Tommy Manboy coming in. They have like a bit of a personnel change, you know. And also at the same time, no one wasn't expecting like a new album. And now with like a new lead singer, because I think for most of the people in the Toby Yugen, they're so accustomed to hearing Hank's voice or even like, they are familiar with like Harold with like the original lead singer and now they have to hear another voice and it's it kind of like a little uncertain as to how this might come out like how this album would would be like and that's the reason why I took that album because it came out you know of course like in terms of the charts and like you know um how it was perceived like in radio and such it was popular but within the yoga it was a very divisive album because there were, there's one camp that says, oh, you know, it's great to hear Super Negro back. And there are a couple of good songs in this album and we really like it. And then there are some who are like, ah, oh, no, we don't really like Tony. It's uh, the vocals undone. We don't like this album. Full yeah, stop. different voice and everything. Yeah, so it was definitely a, a, a milestone of its own because it, as you say, as you uh, were pointing out, it, the first album with a new singer and um, if you look at the total masterpiece of the of, or the ten songs of that of that album, how would you grade it? Uh, if you um, if you could grade it, uh, uh, comparing it with the one, the only Apocalypse dudes, uh, would you dare to give it a grade with one being really excellent and five being bad? Or or wow. would, wouldn't you want to <laughs> do that? <laughs> you know, uh, I was thinking about this. Like, how do I grade this album? Do I grade this album uh, in comparison to the other Turbo Negro albums? Or do I grade it as a standalone by itself as sexual harassment? So to, to give my fair take, because I, tr I look at this in a more objective viewpoint, I would say this album in general, I would probably give it a 7. You know, a 7 or even a 7.5. Maybe not an eight. I think it's a bit too much. Mm -hmm. But if you're comparing it to the other Turbo Negro albums, man, it's it kind of falls like way below because I grew up listening to like Hank, you know, as the lead singer. And mm -hmm. this was before even joining the Yugen. And, you know, when you are so accustomed to his voice and the music arrangement and the lyricism and, and whatnot, it's the kind of album that, yeah, albums, previous albums, like, you know, Apocalypse, Dudes and, and whatnot, you'll listen it from start to finish. Whereas for sexual harassment, 
there are some parts where they're just fillers. I'll call them fillers because you just listen to them. You're like, yeah, this is like my bathroom break or something because they, yeah, you it's not skip engaging the, enough. Yeah. You want to skip, 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 skip certain songs, right? Uh, you feel like, okay, I got it next song. And with Apocalypse Dudes, it would never happen. That's what you're trying to say probably. Yes. Yep. So I think that's the key difference between like the Hang Era albums, as I would call it, and the Tony Era albums where with you know with the Hang Era albums that like, you will listen to every single track because you're like you know it's gonna lead to something it's gonna lead to something it's like it's like gonna be a nice surprise leading up to it whereas with sexual harassment in particular you have like two good tracks and the next track is just oh, okay that's anticlimactic I was expecting something out of it and I think that's why uh, I said to pick this album because. It's a good album in the sense that not all of them, uh, it's great. You know, there's got to be some songs that are going to be like, ah, oh, you know, could have done better. Surprisingly good. What, what is this? <laughs> you know, and I think that's the fun thing about dissecting albums, especially sexual harassment, because it's divisive. It's controversial and, and something for us to talk about, especially today. Yeah. So cool. Why don't we, why don't we start off uh, with, with the tracks? Uh, first track is I Got a Knife, uh, obviously. Uh, one of the, I would say, more famous song of, of this album. They even made a, a, a video in the Niagara Bar in, in New York City um, um, with uh, two Bugans from the States uh, hanging out at the bar. I mean, I personally, I was at the bar once, wanted to check it out some years ago and was a little bit disappointed because I was walking walking in there, nobody in there late afternoon. I, I talked to the to the waitress. Uh, the girl behind the bar, and she wouldn't even know what what sort of letterhead, in neon letterhead is behind her. She had no clue <laughs> this was related to Turbo Negro and uh, at least the video uh, that it was filmed here. She didn't know check shit, but nevertheless, um, yeah, um, that's uh, they did a they did a, a pretty cool video with Tony. I think really filling filling the spot. But I'm asking you actually, what's what's your take on uh, I um, I got a knife. So, if you were to ask me, uh, thank you for pointing out about the video because I watched the video and I think that was one of like one of the comeback singles. So you know, when I saw the video, I was like, "Damn, this is Turbo Negro, yeah." And and they include the Yugen as well, which is a nice touch to it because you know it comes hand in hand. And as a track, I love it. You know, um, in fact, I was thinking about it yeah, like the other time, and I was listening to the whole album, and it got me thinking: Was this the was this the lead single or? Or was it not? And then I realized it was You Give Me Worms. That was the that was the first single. And I was like, nah, you know, had this been the first single of sexual harassment, it would be more receptive because this song packs a punch. Yes. It's under three minutes. It punches you in the face, kicks you in the nuts, and you listen to it. You're like, it gets you all aggro and go like, yeah, you know, you're pumped up. You're ready to party. That's like, you it's know, dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. I mean, I'm I can't, I'm I'm starting to constantly point out one uh, one thing that Chris Cruz from Tubing and Opera constantly says that Tubing was back the, uh, their best songs were sexy, dangerous, and funny, and that uh, you have to have at least one of those qualities in 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 in, uh, uh, in a in a Negro song, and this is definitely most dangerous. I would say I got, I got as the title says I got a knife, so I'm I'm totally on board with you. It's it's a really in your face dangerous song yeah totally it's oh man I, you know what speaking of you know if you're going to talk about i got enough it's, it's just playing in my head right now and i'm just like i want to really listen to this after this episode because it gives you a nice kick you know it makes you want to drink whiskey strip on bottle and fight a bear or something yes yeah totally it's, uh, in, my, in my mind i i can totally understand and, and i'm with you that i got enough probably is my my favorite song because it, it and I think it really fits the voice. Um, um, the voice of Tony really um, underlines the the lyrics and the whole and the, the way that they they c compiled that song. I think that's one of the few songs I have to say that maybe can fit Tony only, but that Hank probably could not have sung as well. Absolutely. It's my personal if, opinion on it. 
I concur with you on that because had it been Hang Sing on that particular song, he wouldn't have been able to pull it off. This song actually accentuates Tony's strengths, you know, the whole growling, the whole gruffness, you know, that really works for him. And that, that's why I say, you know, it's good that this is the first track of the album, but also it should have been the first, the first single of the new album. Yeah, I, I'm all, sometimes I wonder why, or what's, how Trubini Group picks their, their singles. Also, like, let's say Lockdown is on a single, which I would, that would never have picked or guessed, but it's a good thing, but strange thing, and it's surprising and everything, but I think you give me, more, you give me worms, and we'll get to that. Uh, it's probably not the, the best song uh, of that album if you want to put your best song on on the on the single but why don't we go um go to the um to the next song song number two hello darkness bringing back the old darkness philosophy mm. of the band um the way i see it for hello darkness it's a nice compliment to the follow-up track it's for example if you were to listen to this in a live tuber negro show and if they were to play this right after uh, I Got a Knife, it works really well because it kind of pairs like hand in hand. It's not a song that will stand out on its own, mm-hmm. but it's like a accompaniment, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like wine, you know? Like if I Got a Knife is like a nice juicy steak, then Hello Darkness is that, that you know, that nice glass of wine that goes along with it, that goes past nicely because it's not a very strong track. It's like a wingman kind of track, but it's a decent track. Yeah. What do you think about bringing back this darkness? Is, is that a cool thing that they brought back Hello Darkness back again? Uh, is that a reference to of the band that maybe they, they were off the, off the landscape of uh, off the planet for some years and then Hello, we are back? Is that, is that and the, and their darkness thing is back? Is, is, do you think they really thought about, the, thought about this like I'm, I'm trying to explain? Or is it just pure luck? Well, I mean, knowing to, I think knowing to Benigo, they're just basically just pulling our legs here. They're just like, yeah, you know, we're going to be all little edgy and go like, haha, got you there, didn't we? And I think that's the beauty about to Benigo sometimes. It's like uh, some of the things that they do, um, it kind of defies logic. Some bands would be like, yeah, we're going to give a long statement why we disappear and stuff. And to Benigo's like, yeah, you know, we'll just put in a song and then you figure it out why. And I think, yeah, like I think I echo what you say, you know, it's like their statement saying like, oh yeah, hey guys, we're back. Yeah. Like, we're going to make it into a song instead. We're not going to waste it on a statement. Yeah, it's just pulling out history, like rabbit of history out of, out of, a, out of, a, out of, a, out of a hat. It's probably coincidence, but as us Yugans, we, we tend to, I think, or at least we did that uh, with prior albums, I think we tend to interpret mo- the maximum into each and every song, whereas the band maybe didn't do so. Yeah. If, if you think about it, like actually some of the tracks over the years, you know, um, there will be some people who will basically do like an analysis or like studies of what this song's all about. But then when you listen to it, you're like, no, actually they're just shitting on things. Yeah. Probably is a good example to have Hello Darkness. Um, looking at the next song, number three, Shake Your Shit Machine. Oh, How man. about that? They played that live a lot. You know, this is the first track where I'm going to say they could have done better with it. It was a little bit of a disappointment, you know, because initially you started with cowbells and you're like, ooh, cowbells. Wait, this sounds kind of like Twisted Sister, but it's not. Okay. And then um, I think what didn't work for me was the fact that it could, especially in the intro, I think the whole keyboard and the whole vocal things uh, just... It was just a bit of a mess, you know. I, I felt it would have been better if they had focused on like one instrument at a time instead of just combining like the, the three around the same um frame mm-hmm. because it kind of takes the age out of the song. I mean, other than that, you know, after a while, the song you know it picks up, it gets kind of better, but then I don't know, the intro kind of put me off a little bit. Yeah, I was just wondering why, why would you, why would Tube Negro that? This, this dangerous, funny uh, band from Norway, um, erotic band from Norway. Why would they use really shake your, shake your ass thing? Is it because it? I think at this album, with this album, it it lost it's lost its 
homoerotic glamour. I don't see anything of it. I, I'm trying to find a reference, uh, shaking your ass about, yeah, to, just to, to somehow get some anal sex mingle into that. But now it's not working for some reason. It's more like a shake your ass on that party and be all crazy and nice. I don't know. Yeah. It's Me. probably not their best work on that album, I think. No, this is this wasn't the best work on yet uh, in terms of this track either, you know, like I mean if you're talking about Terminator and the whole homoerotism and the whole like tongue in cheek references, they done they have done way better, you know. They have done smarter, more intellectual, like you know, winking winky missed references. This is more of a blatant, yeah, shake your shit mission. And you're like, what? Okay. And, and then what, you know? It's it's like one of those songs that just doesn't doesn't make you go, aha, okay, I kind of got it. This is more of a, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, well, yeah, not as, as philosophical probably as we wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, the, 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 the Jürgen scholars are going to be like, yeah, this is not what we wanted, what we wanted in a Super Negro song. We want more, you know, intellectual discourse. This is, uh, this is scat pod. Yeah, back then in 2012, 2013, when they were touring with this album, I, I was, I don't know how I would act at my tender age of 47 right now. I was still dancing with the Bengal, or dancing or in the pit. Yeah, right. But as soon as Shake Your Shit Machine came, I don't know. I figured, okay, this is, this could also with aging, age that also hit me in 2012, maybe that's a good time to grab a drink from the bar. Um, this was one of those songs where I, I don't know, it sounds so st- Rolling Stonesy in a way, but not really. But it's like, oh, okay, if, if there's a bathroom break necessary, maybe pick this song, right? I don't know. But okay, I mean, everybody's entitled to its, to its own opinion anyway. Exactly. Um, maybe that's going to that's be changing with the next song, TNA. Ooh, TNA. Well... Uh, I had to listen to it twice because initially when I, I heard the track, I, was, I felt that something's a little off. I don't know why it is. But the song in general, it's great because you have um, the gang chants, like, you know, the backing vocals, sweet guitar work. I must say this. I think this is the one thing that I like or the saving grace of sexual harassment is that Euroboy's guitar work is still stellar. You know, it mm. still holds throughout every track. And that's like one of the reasons why I was still listening to Terminator because Euroboy does great guitar solos, guitar intros, graves, and the lot, and you know the works. And I think TN is one of them where that's one of the saving graces where the guitar work is amazing. The gang chants kind of blends in with the song, and also a bass interlude, which is kind of interesting, you know, because they're like, why am I hearing a prominent bass line here? This is awesome. Like, this is not a prominent thing, but well, it's a welcoming change. But then when I listened to TNA the second time, I realized what was the thing that made it sound a little off at the beginning. And unfortunately, it's Tony's vocals. I felt that the vocals shouldn't have come in a little too early. It could have done better if the guitar intro became the highlight of the track at the start, and then the vocals come in thereafter. Yeah, I think, but still, still, it's it's on the rougher side, uh, at least for two Nigger songs on this album. It's one of the more in your face songs, so that's why I, and it has the word word army in it, which is like military related anyway. So I think it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, everything you said, I can really yeah underline and understand, and and that makes sense to me. I think um, this is one of the actually the, looking at those other other songs we've covered just right now. This is the second song that really uh, even he might not really hit all his notes, but it's really basically the the energy of the song really fits Tony as a singer in general. Yeah, uh, I agree. With you. I mean, aside from what I pointed out at the beginning, I think in general, like the song, it still works. You know, it still complements Tony as a singer. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this track is bad, but you know, it could have been better, but I think in general, if you were to listen to it from start to end, it's a better, it's a way better track. It's a, 
it's a huge improvement from shake your shit machine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, system, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If like if shake your shit machine is your bathroom break or your, you know, your beer run, then TNA is like the perfect time to come back. Exactly. To drop the beer, throw it away. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, get into the pit. Yeah, I, I, it worked for me at least back then, but not maybe not so much with the next song, Mr. Sister. But I don't know. You're you be the judge. Ooh, Mr. Sister. Um, I know that they played this song live a few times. At least I recall. I know that they played it in um, Rock the Boat in Stockholm. Uh, I would say in terms of like live execution, wasn't really convincing. And the track wasn't really convincing as well. So I, I guess, you know, there is some consistency at least. Um, I'm, I'm guessing they're trying to go for a more, like a slower pace, like a ballad kind of style. In, in Turbo Negro, of course. In Turbo Negro style, of course. But um, if you were to ask me, if you were to play this track, and you were to ask me to guess which album this belongs to, I wouldn't have told you it's sexual harassment. Because my answer would have been Rock and Roll Machine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if this song were to be in Rock and Roll Machine, it would have complemented really well. But in Sexual Harassment, maybe as a last track, you know, as a bit of a teaser to the next album, but maybe not as a mid-track. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It doesn't do too much for me. Uh, uh, this song, it's, yeah, too, too, I don't know, not enough profile in, in, in everything of that song. Probably not not their best, but the next one is, is could could uh, could have a better chance. The dude without a face, number six. Hmm. So do without a face. Um. Initially, when I listened to it, the first thing that came to mind was, is this like a B side for Retox that they kind of forgot about it and decided to dig it up, <laughs> because it it sounds like a Retox kind of track. You know, it it feels like ah, oh, you know, if it could. It's also great that right? this track is the one where if you put Tony or even Hank, they can kind of pull it off either way. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of versatility uh, behind this. And I kind of like do it without a face because again, it plays with Tony's strengths, you know, the whole like gruffness, the whole like aggro feel and like kick nuts sort of kind of vibe. And I would say this song is, again, I think for every one song that is a bit of a downer, they kind of managed to pick up the pace again with another track that kind of keeps it up, keeps it up float again. And I think that's what Do It Our Face does, you know, it's the kind of track that just gets you. And I think especially the ending, it's just so raw, pure energy. It's like, man, it's like aural sex, you know, right? You hear it through your ears, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I can feel this. It's, yeah, and then that's Tony, and then Tony plays a big role in that, I think, because he really lays it down and uh, he really accentuates it, accentuates it uh, at the end, I think. So that's a really song that really is almost tailor-made for, for his voice. I mean, obviously everything is, it's all the question that's always interesting, what, what, what would and could have Hank done with this very song? But do it without a face, maybe, maybe um, Tony scores on that, really. But I also think it really, it's a, have they ever played it live? I am asking you. Do you know? Uh, mm, not that I recall. I, I don't think this was played live, to my knowledge. You might ask the other yogas. Maybe they might have, maybe when they first release it. But I think as of like the last five years or so, not, not so. Yeah, I think so too. Buried Alive, song number seven. Oh, well. It's almost uh, an unknown, right? <laughs> I was going to disappoint you there by going, actually, I got nothing much to write home about for Buried Alive. And then you said, yeah, actually, I don't, it's nothing for me to say as well. And I think that's what it is. It, it feels like one of those interlude tracks. If, if you recall, like when you used to listen to albums, they always have that one track that's like, yeah, we just need to fill up the, the track list. It's a filler, right? So it's really, it's like a, probably one of the, I'm not, I'm not picking on the band and nothing. So if the band would, would, would listen to it, no, we're not picking on you. But we can at least, you know, mention that this could be a, 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 uh, a song that they could have put for only their reason on a single, right? Because it's like, it's just there and nobody really, really knows 
why, right? I mean, it's gonna be like a fun trivia. Like you know, uh, if you ask anyone, like, hey, do you know there's a song called "Bray Alive" by Tsunigo? I think of, you know, any you gonna be like, wait, was there even one of their songs? Which album's this? Yeah, it's, sing, it's, sing, it's, sing, it's, sing, 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 sing a few tunes of "Bray Alive" for us. <laughs> like, man, everybody would like me. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, uh, I don't know. Never, I don't think. Was it even a Super Negro song? You'd be like, yeah, it was a sexual harassment. Oh yeah, that album. Okay. Or back, or back in the 80s, is. maybe. Some of these really, <laughs> the first ones. It sounds like one, one song from Hot Cars. Um, <laughs> but maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. People will just forget it. So yeah, I think we should not like dwell too much on this particular track because I think there are other ones that deserve a little more attention, especially yeah. the next one. Yeah, Thai Jeans Lose Leash. Hmm. Do you know what this track needs? In its cowbells. Cowbells. Mm-hmm. The cowbells from the earlier track should have gone to this one. I do not know why, but it was the first thing that just came to me. I was like, this, this should, could, this should, could do some cowbells, I guess. But also, it, it feels like, um, I don't know. Is this like the tribute to ACDC by any chance? Because it kind of feels like it. Could be. I mean, there's some vibes there. Yeah, I mean, you get the tight jeans, the loose leash. Is that homosexual or or, or is it just sexual harassing? Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's, um, I think, in reference to the the lead singer of ACDC, Bon Scott, because he wore tight jeans. That could be. Did he have a loose loose leash leash as well? Yeah, I think he he had a bit of a. a nice, you know, a nice sausage, I would say. The package was kind of showing through the um, the jeans. So there you and have since, it. Yeah. And since he was in, in rock and roll, he this, this sausage was probably loose, right? As it tends oh, yeah. to be. If it's it was nice, wrapped, thick and prominent. Probably. Yeah. So cool. Um, and, and next song, Rise Below. It's also oh. good trivia questions on. Oh no! Here, here it goes. Um, I, I would have, I would have just make it easy and go like, yeah, it's not a filler song, but I, I would say that you know, if you actually play this particular track on like mainstream radio, and not say that it's Turbo Negro, people would just be like, yeah, it's it kind of fits well with mainstream radio, because it's it's like a top forties kind of rock stations kind of music, like. It's like the kind of music you would just listen to, like you know, on the radio station when it goes one after another, and you would not think much about it. Yeah, I think that's the um, yeah, just riding your car and just don't know, like don't think much of of yeah, the other track in particular. Yeah, so it's certainly I don't I wouldn't even really I mean I recognize it. It's a four minute song, so it's the longest song of the album, um, four minutes five seconds. So it's probably not your typical Scandinavian letter, uh, which uh, is the the, uh, the label, right? So it's probably of, of that album. So it's probably not your prototypical Scandinavian record uh, letter record label song. So it's, I don't know. It's probably, yeah, it's maybe, and the, you never know why they picked this song. Maybe they had anything else up their sleeve, but sometimes sometimes songs like uh, this Rise Below song or the Buried Alive end up on the album. And uh, yeah, I don't know if if it if it's a song that another singer could have done better, but I couldn't even tell you that, honest, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> but to be fair, with Rise Below, um, I think we kind of slip on the fact that it has a very nice solo in the song. And it's a bit of a shame because it was it, it kind of reminds me of um like fuck the world and a little bit of Prince of the Ra- Ro- Rodeo, just shades of it in, in terms of the solo. And and while listening to it, I'm like, because I listened to the track, I listened to the album from like front to back. So I'm just like, man, this song's really great. Like just the solo, but everything else is just I don't know. It yeah. doesn't gives it justice. Yeah, it doesn't do it for at least for me, probably not for you, but yeah. So this brings us to the last song of the of the album. We've done nine so far. Next song, number 10, is You Give Me Worms, their only official single they put out of this album. 
talk about the most disappointing first single of a comeback. <laughs> yeah, I mean the title is awesome. You give me worms. It's that's made to give them credit for that. That's a statement, right? That's a, I mean, this is a statement. You give me worms is something you could, yeah, literally say to to people who are not nice. So that's that's a cool thing, basically. I mean, I use that as a pickup line to one of the girls from Tobi Yuga Worms. Uh, I guess that works. So I think that's the only saving grace of this track. To do you referencing to Tobi Yuga Worms? Worms? Yeah. Which is actually a town in Germany. Yeah. It's called Worms, like the, the animal, but there's a town in Germany. And uh, yeah, you gave me worms. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Never thought of it. It's a good pickup line, and I can say this because I tried it. So, guys, you can try that too. But it aside from that, <laughs> definitely. Good. But you know what didn't work? This track. That didn't work. Nice intro. Kind of gives me the whole um, shades of like the Stooges. A fair bit of it. And then everything else that comes after it is just like, I don't know. It sounds like. Tony just went to Humber and said, do like pan rock karaoke or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Stooges. I mean, the guitar, the guitar intro kind of mm-hmm. sounds like the Stooges. The entire execution, um, I would describe it as pan rock karaoke night in Hamburg. Well, I've seen, well, with a better singer. I mean, mm-hmm. I think yeah. he still gets it across in a way Tony does, but it's certainly like some of these songs of the album are maybe not, and I'm commenting on the album. Um, it's only my opinion, obviously. It's probably not the, the most, not every song is most ideally cut to Tony Sylvester's qualities, right? We pointed, yeah. I pointed out a few, and this is almost getting into the sum up mode of the album. We pointed out that a few songs are really, uh, really supporting Tony or Tony supports the song and vice versa. But some, like the, the, the most part of these songs, I would say is uh, probably it would be again, interesting if Hank sung it and what can, would come out with that. And it's never going to happen that we know that, but uh, uh, some songs are not perfectly tailor-made for, for Tony, I would say. Yeah, it's true. It, it feels as though like sound is strikes. I think especially like for You Give Me Worms, it it kind of does feel as though he just fell in. It's just like he's just standing in for the song and just try to give his own rendition. Unfortunately, because of this song, it kind of also showcase, uh, showcases weakness. He's not really, really good in comes, when it comes to like melodic singing. Um, that's not I think he game. tries. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not his I think it's fair to say that that this, you're right. That's not his game, it's, right? As a, so he has different different qualities. I would say with his uh, former uh, band, the Dukes of uh, Nothing, right? So that he, yeah. he could really get this across uh, with the uh, with the the music it, the, he he was singing back then and the style of the more hardcore style of music. And some of the songs he uh, I think on that album he's it's not, not just not very tailor made for him. I think. Yep, I agree. I, I think it could have been better if they fought more towards the style of like, the first few albums of Tobi Negro. I think if they used that as the basis or like the fundamentals for this album, it could have been way better. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess maybe the reason why it did not work out the way it should have is because it's a transitional stage between retalks and like the departures of like Tony. I'm uh, sorry, the departures of uh, Hank and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have a new album. You just think that, yeah, maybe we have some material which I could, I think there could have been some material left over from Ray Talks that could have been in sexual harassment. And they're just trying to make it work. And I yeah. think that's why, you know, I think in general, like the album does come off sometimes where it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, right? On one hand, you have some tracks that are really good and it's like, yeah, it has Tony's like input and you can tell. And then some tracks are just either fillers or it feels like a B-side of free talks. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this openly, publicly thinking about this on the podcast. I think that uh, the difficulty of, of a band that is, uh, when looking at all the albums, 
um, they want to pro make progress, right? They want to uh, develop their music over over years, decades almost now. I think if they 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 pick tune it uh, at a point and want wanted to again further develop their music and take the next step, but uh, maybe only maybe it would have been better if they took a few states steps back to their roots. Their, uh, let's let's say as Cobra or even before that, uh, maybe that would have helped uh, to really help find their style, their, the, the best possible style with Tony, rather than continue to continue progressing after retox going into sexual harassment and the album that followed that. Um, all right, so they, you sh maybe you should have considered that they could have. Obviously, they are the artist and they know what they do. And they did I mean, look at their lifetime's work. That's awesome. And they know better than we do always. Mm -hmm. But maybe they should have considered, okay, going, to, go, going back two steps uh, and having have uh, Tony find their, his own way of, tubu, of the new Tubu music rather than going the... The, the the one step they probably had in mind before they announced Tony as their new singer. I, I concur with you on that one. Um, you're right. I think they should have not went on with the whole continuation process and think that, oh, you know, we'll just continue from where we left off. Instead, they could have just gone back to your roots and just, like, you know, be like re reinventing themselves in, in a way and just repackage like some of these old ideas into to retrofit uh, Tony's strengths. And again, you know, I think contrary to what some people have said, I don't think Tony is a, is a bad singer, you know? I, I mean, there's a reason why he's being chosen for the job. And I think he does a stellar job in terms of uh, singing for the band. But there are, of course, you know, some songs where it just doesn't work out for him. And it's no fault of his own. You know, he's just doing a job. And unfortunately, uh, maybe he's just trying a little too hard sometimes. And... Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I think in retrospect, it could have been better if they had just went back to their roots and just start from zero and then just build up from there as opposed to just do a false continuation of the, the journey of Turbo Negro. Yeah, I mean, you never, you're always smarter after years and looking back and having more time to look back on, on their work. You're always smarter if you have like a 10 year. Yeah, we are, we are into the, well, not ninth year, I think, if I'm getting that right. After that, it's nine years. They released that in 2012, which is nine years ago, right? Which is amazing if you think about it. So you, um, wow. in retrospect, it's always nice to, to, to or not easy, not nice, but it's easy to look back on, on uh, what, what they and how they could do it better. Still, I think the album is 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 there, and um, it, it, at least in, in 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 my humble opinion, one or two songs really are well developed. And maybe that's the after putting out an album like Apocalypse Dudes and Ask Cobra. Maybe that's that's the only thing you can really ask for from each and every new album is having one or two really good songs or good songs that really you can pick out for the eventual best of Turbo Negro ever right so uh i don't think the audience or the or fans or anybody should really expect another album like ad uh to have i don't know 10 15 10 12 songs that really is one one is better than the other that's just not possible i think so that's probably asking for too much yep i agree but i would say like in like overall like if you had to choose one track in particular from sexual harassment which would be your favorite um, honestly, um, I would say the 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 TNA song uh, with this back with this background choir army choir, shouting choir is probably the the most in your face song because it's so it's terrace or stadium oriented. You can really shout it in with your fellow male friends. Yeah. in a in a soccer stadium in a way you know what i mean <laughs> oh, that, that'd, be, for some, that'd be cool for some reason this always appeals to me so i would go for tna uh followed by um i got a knife still 
because of that, because it's dangerous and it's uh, also funny because Tony has a knife, right? <laughs> and it's it's also a little bit of sexy. And this is those are the three qualities again trademarked by Chris Crusoe: sexy, dangerous, and fun. And this this is actually what made what makes uh, Death Punk or Tuba Negro's music so special for us. And even this album, I think, and I think we can conclude on that. Uh, even this album has has its uh, uh, absolute uh, hits on it. So. Still, still a good album, not the best, and it, it has a, a good video, I think, that really hits the spot as well. So it's a, it's an okay job, not their best job, but it, of course, an album that everybody should really own and uh, yeah. and get as long as, as 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 in case nobody or some people don't have don't have or own it until now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, get it, man. I mean, get it on vinyl, get it on CD, you know, get it on Napster. Well, no, maybe not Napster, but yeah, Napster's you're right. Cool. You know? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I got it on Napster back then, but I obviously also have it on vinyl. So cool. So, and thank you, thank you so much for for really taking your time and really um, working a really good job, an eloquent job, profound job based on uh, really good knowledge of of music and also to uh, Negro's music. So, thank you so much. It, um, I think it was a really good the conversation that we had. And um, yeah, it looks like I'm going to be having you on for some other albums uh, conversations. I think uh, it became clear that, uh, that you're the right man for me. And uh, I can you. wait to do the next album with you, which you can also pick yourself. I'm not making you pick an album. <laughs> um, so cool that you're on board of uh, a Too Big It Radio right now as, a, as the music journalist, so to say. The columnist. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, take care and see you the next time. All right. Cheers. So thank you, Rose. Uh, thank you, Rose, uh, from Too Big in Singapore for providing this uh, analysis and insight on your take on that Too Big in the album. I'll be, I'll be having you. We talked about it uh, on uh, another occasion this year, probably for checking out and analyzing and giving a review of another Tour album because you're just so good at doing it. So, uh, some housekeeping stuff, uh, lots of stuff going on in this year, uh, 2022. Uh, obviously, mostly centered around summer, the Welt to Jugendtage in Hamburg, uh, which is the first weekend of August. So, it's uh, um, a weekend later than usual. But this is going on in Hamburg, St. Pauli. There's a cool lineup uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays. Some late, uh, uh, later information coming to you uh, on the Facebook page of Tubing in St. Pauli or the Welt Tube I was told, and I'll be uh, keeping you guys informed about that in Hamburg. I heard that punk rock polling is also supposed to um, take place in Vegas. Uh, to my knowledge, it's either gonna be before the summer or in September, but that's only, well, what I heard so far, but it's probably taking place. I'll be also covering that on the on the podcast. That's my plan, as well as some Tubi Yugen parties. Um, yeah, I me personally, I uh, with the Bengal, we always organize that Christmas party in Vienna, which has not um, taken place for quite some time, to two years. So we missed it uh, twice, and we'll be planning on doing some summer summer event because that appears to be the safer time to do that. Um, of course, during that pandemic. Still, uh, still not the easiest time, but we'll obviously try to make the best of it. Um, a uh, reminder, if you guys have any ideas uh, about future topics for uh, future episodes, come on, hit me up. Uh, I'll, I'm on the Facebook uh, on, under my Chibesta account. Just uh, drop me uh, a PM. It's easy. Or check out the True Being Radio podcast page on the Facebook. You can also become a member 
on that page and post your stuff here. If you um, want to suggest some some new content for the episodes, I'm always very open for that. Um, yeah, another thing dealing with uh, the podcast, uh, I had a, uh, a brainstorm with the audio slave number one with uh, Max Farton, and he was uh, urging me or mentioning and, and begging, not begging, he was urging me, and which is which is cool because he's the boss here for um, putting more tribute bands onto the cream puff, uh, which I would like to ask you guys for. So if you guys do uh, are doing any music, um, any you guys have are in any bands and have a kuta, uh please let me know and send, you can send some samples. Um, send me a Bandcamp link or link or whatnot. And um, then we'll put you on the podcast as a cream puff, which is a perfect segue to this month's cream uh, uh, puff. So while I was talking to Mr. Mark Svartin about uh, the cream puff of uh, the cream puffs of 2022, he mentioned, uh, as I mentioned, that he wants some Trubejugend bands on it, and he came up with a great call uh, and mentioned a band from I think the Carolinas. I'm not even sure because we're researching that uh, Cam Girl band. Cam, the band is called Cam Girl. Is kind of as you can probably imagine. It's a quite intense and uh, raunchy uh, thing to do. Um, I came across all sorts of pages, which I obviously knew anyway. But then I found uh, the Cam Girls page on the SoundCloud and on Bandcamp, and it's actually really cool music. And they have Trubejugend members in it, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, I think they are, again, uh, from the Carolinas. So if you guys are somehow coming across this, please hit me up. Because I would like to talk to you for an, for an, for a cam girl only Trubejugend Radio episode. You guys play action rock. That's cam girl again, and uh, they did uh, during the pandemic. They did a great album, a dig- digital album, as I understand, called "Always Wear Protection," which is a really good thing to think of. Uh, again, it's a digi album, and I picked one really cool song called "Barely Legal." Uh, which I, I'm going to be uh, cream puffing you up your uh, behind. Uh, again, I pulled it off, off of Bandcamp. So if you guys are in the mood of helping that really great band um, um, from the US, uh, buy the Digi album on Bandcamp. It's only, I don't know, two, three bucks. So it's nothing and it helps the band. And uh, to make sure you guys can do it and don't have to, don't have to ask uh, Google for it, I'll be posting the Bandcamp link on my Facebook um, to radio page. So again, enjoy uh, the band called Cam Girl. Um, Action Rock, the album is, uh, the title is Always Wear Protection and the song is called Barely Legal. <laughs> 